to episode five of Confessions from the Desk of a Single Female Black Professor. Today's episode is going to be um, slightly different than the previous episodes. And I decided, um, as I said before, I'm learning, I'm growing. And as I learn and as I grow, different topics, of course, come to mind. I think back to, hey, remember the time that you did such and such and such? Or do you remember when you did blah, 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 blah. So um, the topic for this episode actually came from me reading uh, something that I had put in my phone over two years ago. I, I wrote a post and at the time, if, uh, excuse me, at the time I was on Facebook. And so I used to do this thing called, um, motivational Monday. And as I was looking through my phone, I saw one of the posts that I had provided. And so today's segment is on what's your percentage. And when I say, what's your percentage, I'm referring to how much weight do you put on cheating infidelity, entertaining the conversations of others and entertaining the conversations of others. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read the post. Um, and so I ask that if you do not have the time as with any of my episodes to listen to it in its entirety, pause for the cause, uh, go do whatever it is that you have to do and then come back because I'm going to read the post to you. And as I do at the end of every episode, I'm going to give you something to think about. So here goes. So it says, I finally made my way to this topic. Before I get started, I'm going to provide a disclaimer. My views on infidelity and cheating probably do not match the views of the average female. As I've said many times before, the information in my post are a part of my perspective. So keep that in mind as you're listening. This, this is my perspective. This is not something that's concrete or that I'm trying to infringe upon someone else. This is just how I feel. So like most women, I used to have a disdain for cheating. I thought it was wrong and very selfish. I feel this way to a certain extent now, but I don't put as much weight on it as I have in the past. As a child, I heard my mom say more than once, she would never fight a woman over my dad, but she would whoop her ass for being bold and disrespectful. She said, it's one thing to mess around with my husband, but don't have the audacity to do it in my face and or make it public knowledge. Now, my mama, she said a word. I didn't really understand what she meant at the time, but I do now. And it has truly changed my viewpoint, excuse me, my viewpoints on men cheating. I'm no longer part of the population of women who make a big deal out of it. Life has definitely altered my perspectives. Think about that. Have your relationships altered some of your previous perspectives of how you thought relationships were supposed to be? So I don't view myself as damaged goods. However, some experiences have caused me to create a wall around my emotional state of being. I have done a lot of things and have been a part of a lot of things in my life, some of which I'm not the most proud, but hey, it is what it motherfucking is. When it comes to cheating and infidelity, I think everyone has participated in it in some shape, form, or fashion. I'm not asking for you to agree. I'm only giving my stance. So many times when people discuss these terms, they associate sex with the two. Newsflash. 
You can cheat without ever sleeping with the other person. I was talking to a female friend a while back about marriage. Both of us are single, successful as defined by society, and have traveled all over the place. I asked her if she thought about, excuse me, I asked her if she thought all men cheated. She said, I know they all probably don't, but I can't think of one right now who hasn't. She asked me the same question. My response was yes, of course. She asked why I felt this way. So I had to tell her. So this is what I said to her. I said, I told her to go back in time with me for a minute. I asked her if she has ever been in a relationship with a man and he told her he was going on a only guys trip or guys only trip. She said, yep. Then I said, think about the times we have been some of the females on those supposedly guys only trips. I asked her if she had ever been a side chick. I already knew the answer and you can call yourself side chick, bonus chick, additional woman, whatever. The point is you, you're in, um, you're not the only one. How about that? Um, I already knew her answer, but I was trying to prove a point. Next, I asked her about married men. I was curious to know how many times she had a married man make an attempt to date her. Her number one, excuse me, her number wasn't as high as my number, but the combined amount was ridiculous. She said, Weena, where are you going with this? I told her that I was trying to build my case on how I don't necessarily think cheating is as bad as it is portrayed. To me, the dishonesty and lying are what make it bad. So you have to ask yourself. Some women, it's the actual act. Me, it's you trying to choose for me and take my options away. Be honest about it. So I went on to say, if you are physically or sexually or emotionally or financially attracted to someone, I think you should make that known to your mate. Don't lie about it because you don't want to give up or lose what you are jeopardizing with your mate. As for myself, I've never cheated on either of the five men um, I was in a relationship with. But I did tell them up front if I ever became sexually or emotionally attracted to another man while in the relationship, I would tell them. And I asked the same consideration be given to me. Of the five, four of them had sex with another woman while in the relationship with me. And the other one entertained inappropriate conversation. He may have had sex with another woman as well, but I was never able to confirm it. My last relationship, being honest, fucked me up from trying or wanting to be with only one man anytime soon. And even though I wrote this two years ago, that still applies today. I'm not still fucked up about it, but I do have my hangups. I'm very much aware of the hangups that I have when it comes to dating. At any rate, I said to her, I've decided to be single for a while and date on my terms because being faithful and loyal to one man has never worked in my favor. And it hasn't. So I've tried to do things by the book. I've tried to be whatever the hell a good girl is or a good woman is, but that's never worked in my favor. It's so amazing to me when I call a man out or, you know, I'm myself, put it that way. 
I tend to get more respect, which I don't understand that for the life of me. When I try to talk to him sensibly, and maybe it's just the men that I attract. I don't know. Maybe the problem is me. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But I know that me trying to be faithful and loyal, that doesn't work for my favor. So I continued by saying the relationships have always ended abruptly because being with only me was not enough for them. The men never wanted to grow and mature into something more permanent. So I've made the choice to be selfish with myself and enjoy life as if being single is my only option until the universe decides to do something different. So in the, in the post, I said, I will use my personal experiences to discuss my intimate views of dating as a single woman and why I choose to no longer be confined to the restraints of being with someone who may or may not want to be with only me for the long haul. Instead of putting my focus on talking to one man, I now talk to different men for different reasons. None of them can accuse me of cheating and I don't get in my feelings about whatever is going on in their lives. Number one, I have a man who is strictly my friend. We talk about everything under the sun. I give advice from a female perspective and he provides advice from a male perspective. Number two, I have several male mentors who provide professional advice on my career. They have been where I am and provide helpful information on where I'm trying to go. They allow me to bounce my ideas about my current and future plans in higher education, professional development, and consulting. When we talk, I don't have to worry about them feeling emasculated. They respect me for my intellect and I know how to not allow my physical attributes to be a deterrent. Number three, I did not want to backtrack and be sexually involved with anyone from my past because that never goes well. At least for me, it doesn't. Always remember, there is a reason you stop interacting with a man from your past. But sometimes you have to make an exception, especially if the both of you have matured and are respectful of each other's desires and space. This dating addendum was put in place until I get to know a man who not only stimulates me sexually, but he also stimulates me mentally, financially, and physically. Number four, <coughs> excuse me. I have a man who is a luxury car specialist. He tells me everything I need to know to keep my BMW running the way it should. I could have read the car manual, but that would have been too much like right. Being able to contact him whenever I need advice about the dealership's maintenance prices on my ultimate driving machine is priceless. Number five, I have two men who make sure everything runs properly with my loft, my home. If the washing machine or dryer or dishwasher or vents, etc. give me trouble, I simply let them know and they take care of it for me. Sometimes I have to send a reminder, but hey, it's okay. They're human too. Number six, I have males who are role models for my son. One of them happens to be a black male therapist. As a single mother of a black teenage son, I knew I had to incorporate positive males in his life to help him transition from being a little boy to maturing into a grown man. Now this right here, this is not the same anymore because I don't have a personal trainer anymore. So I won't even read that one from the post. Number eight, I have a barber who not only keeps my shortcut on point, well, it's not so short anymore. I'm locking my hair. I did say this was from two years ago, right? Okay. 
at any rate. But he also adjusts to my son's multifaceted hairstyles. Since I now feel safe on experimenting with hair color, it saves time to go to someone who can take care of the both of us in one stop. Number nine, I've always, excuse me, I also have several friends, associates who are homosexual men. Every woman needs one or two of them on her team. They are some of the best cheerleaders and they don't mind calling you out on your bullshit. Number 10, I have my son, brothers, nephews, uncles, and male cousins. These men slash young men keep me grounded and remind me of how powerful I really am. They infuse me with unconditional love. They accept me for who I am, even if some of my ideologies don't match theirs. Number 11, I have a man who looks out for my son when he is at school. I work almost an hour away um, from where I live. And again, this was two years ago, so that's not the case anymore. Um, so it's awesome to have a direct point of contact when I need to get a message to my son or need someone to keep him until I get there in the evening. Lastly, number 12, currently I don't have a man who fulfills the role of my travel partner slash social events companion slash financial stability partner. I'm in no hurry to fill these vacancies. When the time is right, I will. Um, number 12, I kind of have that now, you know, that anyway, yeah, I have number 12. Let me stop. I have number 12. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. Anywho, so I go, I went on to say, these are just a few of the men in my life. They all have separate roles and I don't allow them to cross over. So there's no need for a misunderstanding about the attention each of them receives from me. There's also not a need for any of them to feel slighted or get in their feelings about anything I do because their roles in my life have already been defined. It took a long time for me to come to grips with three things about myself. One, I'm a sapiosexual. Two, I'm polyamorous. And three, my ideologies on certain topics concerning men and women are very unconventional. So let me explain those. Number one, sapiosexuals are attracted to intelligence. We become aroused by stimulating and intellectual conversations. I read and I write every day. I have studied the dictionary and thesaurus since I was a child. I'm not motivated to watch anything on television that doesn't cause me to think critically. Therefore, it is extremely easy for me to become disinterested in a man who doesn't stimulate my brain. This has caused some issues for me in the past. And when one of my friends pointed this out to me years ago, I initially rejected her claim. I felt as if she was calling me shallow in a very nice way. And as I have aged, I have definitely realized I cannot do the small talk. You know, after a while, that becomes very, very boring to me. And if you are not stimulating me to where you are sparking my curiosity or you are sparking my creative juices, it is not going to last. So working in academia allows me the opportunity to work with and meet some of the smartest and most intelligent people in the world. Most of the time, it is hard to contain myself when I am around men who are both attractive and well-versed. Let me stop for a minute. Guys, I had a Zoom call with a brother from Howard University one time. 
And it took everything in my soul to keep from losing it while I'm on the Zoom call because I had my video on, he had his video on, and the brother was fine, the brother was well-versed, the brother just, I don't know, he, he just was a, a smooth, um, sexy-ass man. And that just does something to me. He, you know, I already knew his, his, his background, and of course it was a work call, but I had never seen him before. And when I saw, it's, just, it's, it's something to me. When I see an attractive man who is also intellectual, we can actually vibe on something more than surface bullshit. That's a complete turn on for me. I'll get off my rant, okay? So let me let me find where I was. I, I got off talking about him and I forgot the letter that I was supposed, excuse me, the post that I was supposed to be reading. Um, so I said, most of the time it is hard to contain myself when I'm around men who are both attractive and well-versed. I'm not usually sexually attracted to them, but I am aroused by their brilliance. This is what happened to the brother from Howard. Engaging in non-professional conversations with these types of men when I know they are either married or in a relationship is a form of cheating. Yes, it seems harmless, but it is actually very dangerous. At any given time, these types of conversations can make a turn to the parking lot, hotel room, someone's backyard or couch, etc. And this is true. Now, of course, this didn't happen with the brother and myself from Howard, but I have to be honest, I have been in some situations before where I know my weaknesses and my weaknesses are tall, dark skin, you know, slender built black men who are educated. And um, that doesn't mean that I won't talk to somebody or that I haven't talked to somebody who does not meet that criteria, but that that's my preference. That's my weakness. So number two, in case you forgot, um, is talking about um, polyamory. So most people think of multiple sexual partners when they hear the term polyamorous, which is not necessarily the case. So I don't believe in having more than one sex partner. That's anymore. Um, the days of having a back burner or temporary fix are long gone. Let me just slide on past that. I will flirt all day, every day, but I'm extremely selective in this department. I will watch hours of porn before I have sex with someone who doesn't hold my interest. No shame at all. Now, part of that one is, is, is still true or whatever. I still struggle in that department. I will be honest. Um, I don't watch pornography as much as I used to, but it is, it's, it's, it's a struggle for me. And it's a struggle for me to continue dating a man when I'm not sexually aroused. Okay. So I knew years ago I was attracted to having multiple relationships, not multiple sex partners with men, but society made it seem so awful. So I tried to conform. I had to clarify because some people will totally misread uh, or you all are not reading it, but some people will totally misunderstand what I'm saying. So basically what I'm saying is being single has made me realize exactly how bored I get with men when I'm not mentally stimulated. Creating roles for different men in my life makes my life run so smoothly. And it makes it run smoothly because 
I, I can't say all women, but I will say a lot of women that I know, they meet a man and they expect that man to do every damn thing. They expect him to be their best friend. They expect him to go shopping with them. They expect him to, to, to listen to all of their dreams and aspirations. They expect him to fuck the shit out of them. They expect him to do to, to, to go to the grocery store. They expect him to cook the food. They expect him to go out on date night. God damn. One man can't possibly do all of that. I mean, I guess he could. But for myself, I don't expect one man to do all of that. And that's why I have multiple relationships with men. I'm single in every sense of the word. Do I have somebody that 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 I interact with, that we do things together, that, you know, we explore things? Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm not married. I've never been married. And so I don't allow people to make me feel a certain kind of way uh, because of the way that I live my life. Nothing about my life infringes upon somebody else, at least not intentionally. Nothing about my life affects my relationship with my son. And so if it's not affecting my relationship with my son and I know that I'm not being maliciously intentional, you know, or I should say intentionally malicious, then I can't be worried about that. I'm a grown woman who's a single woman who enjoys her life on her own terms. And so I make that very much aware when I meet somebody and we start, you know, hanging out or or we start talking. Um Within three months, I can tell if that's going to be somebody that I can be with for the long haul. And if it's not, then, hey, we may continue talking or we may end it. But I'm honest. I don't I don't go into it um, um, lying. So getting back to this post, I said, I don't feel like I'm treating anyone unfairly or lying unnecessarily to anyone, nor do they have a reason to lie unnecessarily, even though it has happened. Defining these roles has provided an opportunity to talk to multiple men about multiple things and not get irritated, bored, accused of doing something or excuse me, accused of doing something I really haven't done. And then the third one, in the bulk of my life, I thought like most women when it came to getting married. While I think it can be a wonderful thing because I don't know, I've never experienced it. I don't think it is meant for me. When I realized that being a single mom doesn't make me less of a mom than a married mom, I also realized not being married doesn't make me less of a woman because I'm not married. Even though certain members of my family constantly make jokes about not being married or in a serious relationship. At this point in my life, I desire to have a life partner. I desire to have a man I can enjoy life and all that it has to offer without a ton of stress and heartache. I desire to have a mate who will accept me for the woman I've grown to be, got my shit together, but have some freak in me too. I desire to have a man who treats me in such a way that if I ever thought about being disrespectful to him, I would rectify the situation without him having to say anything to me about it. I desire to have that. And I semi kind of have it now. And I, I say semi because it's, it's a unique situation. But I will say he has a way of talking to me and letting me know even when I do something foul. Because I have a slick mouth, I, I will be honest. And 
I have said some things before and because he knows that I'm not going to argue with him, he'll just leave me alone. You know, he's just like, okay, you know, I'm gonna let her cool off away. And it's not even the thing is, is cooling off, but I don't get upset when he calls me out. We can actually have a conversation about it. And, and that's what I desire because I'm not going to do everything right. He's not going to do everything right. So I said, um, in summing it up, I said, dating is different for me. Now, I can't have any more children. I've already purchased and sold a home. My dad is deceased, so my soulmate, excuse me, will never meet him. I've completed several degrees. I have a career. I have a teenage son. I'm financially stable. I have great credit. I'm confident. I'm part of a sorority and other national organizations. I have a great relationship with my family sometimes. Um, I know how to have fun, and I have a relationship with God. And I said all of this to say because so many people get married for these outlying reasons and then they're heartbroken when they realize that their egg cracks. You'll get that later. Therefore, I'm not burdened by getting married because God has already blessed me to have the things that most women put on their list for wanting to be chosen for marriage. So things that I, I uh, outline, that's what a lot of women, truthfully, they get married to have those things. And I've never been married and God has given me those things. So if I'm going to be with somebody, it's going to be because I actually enjoy being with the individual. So this is something that I want to pose to um, my single women. I want my single women who are so concerned with being in a relationship and or married to stop for a minute and think about something. If you met your lifelong partner today. Would you easily end the relationship because of his infidelity or his need to entertain another woman's text messages, work conversations, etc.? Ask yourself if your idea of a relationship and or marriage base, is, based, excuse me, is based on a fictional story that will never turn into a reality. I'm not trying to change your thought process as I often say. I just want to, excuse me, I just want you to put more thought into your thought process. Until next time, take out a sheet of paper, write down what you think you can and cannot tolerate from your mate. Also ask yourself how much weight you put on your mate cheating, entertaining the company of others, um, excuse me, or entertaining the company of others. As the contemporary English version of the good book says, the best thing about wisdom is wisdom herself. Good sense is more important than anything else.